the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Dear brothers and sisters, Jesus of Nazareth, St. Mark emphasizes right away in his gospel, is different. Jesus is different. He teaches with authority. This authority is Christ's ability to teach in his own name. In the Sermon on the Mount, for example, Jesus repeatedly compares his teaching with that found in the law. You have heard that it was said, but I say to you. His listeners in Capernaum synagogue heard Jesus speak with conviction and confidence. He did not speak tentatively, as if one should doubt his words. He did not give mere opinion. Instead, he spoke with absolute command of the truth and perfect knowledge of the true meaning of the law and the prophets. Jesus' word is so powerful that he, can, he even can command the demons. So, my friends, imagine the effect that this episode had on the four apostles whose call we heard last Sunday. When the four left their boats and followed Jesus, Mark seems to say that he led them right away into the synagogue. The power of Christ's word and the exorcism he performed were signs that their faith in Jesus was not misplaced. Peter, Andrew, James, and John, along with their fellow Jews in the synagogue, must have wondered whether Jesus was indeed the prophet that Moses said God would raise up for the people. And indeed he is. Previously, this was asked of John the Baptist, but he denied it. Now in Capernaum, Jesus clearly speaks God's word with authority. The people respond with enthusiasm and excitement so that, as St. Mark tells us, his fame spread everywhere. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. And this is the mark of a disciple. You and I are called, the church is called, to spread the fame of Jesus Christ. That's a key aspect of the mission we've been given in baptism and confirmation. That's the task. And one of the ways that the church spreads the good news of the gospel, spreads the fame of Jesus Christ, is through Catholic education. Now, how wonderful it is for us to celebrate. It is fitting for us to celebrate Catholic Schools Week. Every member of our parish has a stake in our Catholic school, our wonderful school of Our Lady of Hope. We all have a stake in that because by contributing to the parish and contributing to the school, we further the mission of spreading and defending the faith of Jesus Christ. And Catholic schools, Catholic education has been a tremendous success in this time of the pandemic. You know, from the fall, even in the summer, plans were underway to get our school up and running. And I am so proud of our principal and of our faculty who have met the challenges and have kept going. So very, very proud. And the kids are so happy to be in school. I asked them. <laughs> I asked them. You know, if you asked, when I was in Catholic school, if you asked uh, members of my class, are you happy to be in Catholic school? You'd be careful of the answer from some of my 
some of my boys, some of my friends, right? Are you happy to be in St. Matthew's school? Well, you know, I hope the teacher rehearsed them. <laughs> but our kids are happy to be in the school. And our, and our teachers have really gone the extra mile. And that's, um, uh, that is a good example of that, is at this very mass, because the music teacher of the school is doubling as the cantor and the lector. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? We should give her an applause. What do you think? I mean, this is what it's all about, doing what has to be done. Doing what has to be done. And let me repeat this. Every parishioner, every family in our parish has a stake in the well-being of our Catholic school. And so all of us should be rightly proud of Catholic education. And I'm also very grateful to the parents just as I'm very grateful to my parents for the sacrifice in sending their children to our school. When I was ordained and at the reception, one of the things I said in my remarks is how grateful I am that my parents sent me to Catholic school. I don't know where I would be, certainly probably not here, if I had not gone to Catholic school. Another way the church spreads the good news of the gospel and the fame of Jesus Christ spreads is through the Bishop's Lenten Appeal. Tonight, today, rather, is announcement Sunday for the Bishop's Lenten Appeal. And I'm going to tell you quite sincerely that I contribute to the Bishop's Lenten Appeal, and the Bishop's Lenten Appeal is very important for the ministry in our diocese. At its basic level, the Bishop's Lenten Appeal pays the operational cross for the chancery. Now, that's not a very motivating statement, as necessary as it is. So I want to share with you four activities that I have personal experience with, that these four activities that are funded by the Bishop's Lent Appeal. They, first of all, seminary education. The biggest outlay from the Lent Appeal is for the education of men who are studying to be priests for our diocese. And when I was in the seminary, we never broke 30 seminarians. We had something like 28, 26, 27, year to year. And in recent years, it's been incredible. The grace of God, the grace of God working in our young men, our young men's hearts, so that in the last several years, we've been in the upper 40s, near 50, 50 men. And as everyone knows, higher education is expensive. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. And the field of the seminary, imagine that, that's so special, the education for seminarians is, is, is very expensive. And I, so I say quite sincerely that my presence here before you is in part, a big part, of the generosity of the faithful of the Diocese of Arlington. And that beca that's because we, all of us, have contributed to the Bishop's Lenten Appeal. Secondly, Every diocese, well, almost every diocese, there's a, a, a diocesan court. It's called the tribunal. If, the, if one diocese doesn't have the wherewithal to have a tribunal, then there's such a thing as a number of dioceses getting together and having an interdiocesanal, inter uh, I, I forget the syllables, but a, a number of dioceses come together <laughs> with that tongue twister, and they form one, one tribunal. And the tribunal handles various different things, various different issues. But probably it's the, the greatest attention that the tribunal gives is to nullity cases, annulments. 
And for 12 years, I've been associated with work at the tribunal. And I've been a party to over 80 nullity cases. When I was ordained for two years, I was a notary. And for, for 10 years after that, I was an advocate for um, respondents in nullity cases. The one who brings forth the petition is the petitioner, and that means that the other party necessarily becomes a respondent. And I can tell you, my friends, that through this work, what, why does somebody need an annulment? Either because they've gotten divorced and they would very much like to be married in the Catholic Church, so to do that, you need to investigate that first marriage, or someone was married, got divorced in the church, or maybe even outside the church, got married and divorced, and then got remarried, and this is a Catholic I'm talking about in this case, so married, divorced, remarried outside the church, and that's a big no-no. That's a big no-no. If you do that, you can't receive communion, you can't go to confession, right? So what happens? person realizes this, wants to get integrated, reintegrated into the sacramental life of the church, and so they, he or she approaches a priest and says, Father, can you help me get an annulment? And that's what happens. And I can tell you from my experience that, yes, involved in it is the church's search for the truth so that a just uh, sentence can be given. But in my experience, with so many cases, it is wonderful to assist people in really spiritual healing spiritual healing so there is an issue of justice but there's also healing that comes about because of it and that tribunal is funded almost exclusively 99 percent by the bishops Lenten appeal because pope francis made nolly petitions without cost without cost so when we contribute we assist people in need of the uh, work of the tribunal thirdly project rachel Many, many women, many women, Catholic women, have made the wrong choice regarding life in their lives. We know that. And they carry this burden, this tremendous cross, shame, for many, many years. But through Project Rachel, this ministry for women and men, but mostly women, there's an opportunity of receiving the compassion and mercy of Jesus Christ so that a woman can come face to face with the decision, face to face with the sin, and yet receive God's mercy and compassion. And that's because of the people who staff and run and organize the retreats and days of rec recollection through Project Rachel. And it's been a tremendous blessing for my priesthood one of, the, one of the greatest blessings is to be part of that ministry, to be part of that ministry, and the contributions support that. Finally, Catholic Charities Family Division. And I want to say right away how grateful I am, and I hope there's many people watching this on live stream, I hope, or will see the video of this Mass, because I'm tremendously grateful to our parishioners, all the people in our parish who made such a wonderful, almost incredible donation to Catholic Charities in December for their annual appeal. The business manager in our parish was absolutely floored. She said, we've never had a donation like this. And it's really because of your generosity. But 
part of the Lenten appeal, the monies collected for the bishop's appeal, go to Catholic charities. It's been that way for years. Bishop Laverty uh, instituted that early on in his episcopate when he came here to the diocese, and it continues. But I will just tell you how wonderful it is, how wonderful it is for me as priest in, in counseling various people to be able to refer them to counselors in Catholic Charities Family Division. And Catholic Charities Family Division, the charge to people coming to them is on a sliding scale. It's on a sliding scale. And so when we contribute, and there's many others, we don't have time, and quite frankly there's so many, I don't have personal experience in all of them. But these are the ones that I personally have had experience, and for which I'm very grateful for the generosity of the people of Arlington uh, to fund these programs, because they're, they're beautiful. They're really beautiful. But when we do this, we take a tangible part in spreading the gospel and the fame of Jesus Christ here in Northern Virginia. And that's what's important. That's what's important. Catholic or non-Catholic, we minister to everyone because of the love of Jesus Christ, because of the virtue of charity. And so next week, we'll have the opportunity to make that commitment, that pledge, to the Bishop's Lent Appeal. You've already received the Bishop's mailing. If you've already sent in your do, uh, donation, thank you. But next week, we'll, as a, as a parish, go through the exercise of making that pledge. And there are other ways to make a, to a donation besides through check, multiple ways now to do that. And we'll perhaps mention that next week. For now, how grateful we should be, how happy we should be, to celebrate Catholic Schools Week and the tremendous generosity of so many in our diocese.